Welcome back to the Heights Podcast. I'm Pastor Matt, one of the pastors at Heights Baptist Church, and this week I'm excited to be joined by this week's guest. This is Pastor Nathan Peterson. Pastor, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely, Matt. Anytime I get to hang out and just talk about anything. Uh, uh, anything. Huh? Anything. What do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, I think maybe because you are the newest member of the pastoral staff at Heights, why don't we talk about you? Ooh, that's hard. No one likes to talk about themselves. Um, but I am the pastor of administration, one of the pastors at Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas, and I'm still learning. I, I feel like I'm going to say I'm learning for the next five years um, because there's so much that's, you know, God is doing here. There's such a great vision that we have and just learning different personalities. It doesn't matter if you're working at a church for the first time or working at Walgreens for the first time. You got to learn the culture, the DNA of everything, and then you know, make sure that you're doing, uh, adding value to the team in that. And, and that's definitely what we want to do first and foremost. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think is funny is I think back over other churches that I've had the, the blessing of serving is that there's certain personalities or certain personality types that you encounter in various churches. So like, I feel like in some ways I'm meeting the same people over again, except they have different names. Oh, that hurts a little bit because sometimes someone has that name and you're like, ooh, ooh. Because <laughs> um, there's that experience, uh, good or bad, are you like really, really close to someone because they're, they're a mat and you have this phenomenal experience with a mat at a previous church. But, um, you know, it's just learning people. What you need to understand, and Pastor Jonathan is really, really good at being relational but it's trying to figure out who is the person. Right. The title doesn't matter. The responsibilities doesn't matter. The the enneagram doesn't matter. But who is the actual person? What is their family like? What is who? Who are they? What are their strengths? And then bringing those into the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think. So I guess maybe you could say it's like one of the things we have to be careful of is to not not rely too heavily on first impressions. Oh, dude, I am terrible at first impressions. Like the first time people meet me, they're like, that is the weirdest dude ever. <laughs> and they're they're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. Um, I am extremely honest to the core. I'm very transparent. I want to tell you my whole life story the first time I meet you. Like I remember in college, it, I don't know if you know, like BSM, Baptist Student Network, mm -hmm. where I would go and I'd hang out there and volunteer there in different avenues but I remember my opening line to like freshmen was, hi, my name's Nathan. What's your social security number? <laughs> it's sort of like an icebreaker, obviously not a good first impression at all. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, and, and I didn't actually want to know their social security number. It was just that, um, hey, I, I'm willing to be myself around you. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to joke with you. Uh, a lot of people are like, hey, Nathan, are you an extrovert or an introvert? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. I am both. I can be both. Uh, but I am terrible at first impressions. Interesting. So so when it comes to the whole like extrovert, introvert discussion, like where do you get your energy from being around people or do you get your energy from being by yourself? Yes. No, that's cheating. No, no, no I'm serious. <laughs> there are some times where I don't want to talk to anyone. 
and I'm like, I just need me time. Um, I not only myself, but I think pastors in general don't have as much hobbies as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just middle-aged men. Middle-aged men, we don't have hobbies, but specifically pastors. Like you'll see pastors that will barbecue. You'll see pastors that will, you know, play fantasy football or whatever. But how do they pour back into themselves? How do they rest? How do they find refreshment? Um, and it, it's hard. So sometimes it's, hey, I don't want to do anything except just be still. Mm-hmm. And there are other times where I'm like, I really need to go have lunch with someone because so. Um, but the whole first impression thing is like an onion. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it. you cut the onion the first time, you, you're going to cry a little bit. <laughs> this is true. But the more you dive into the onion, you're like, oh, this is a pretty big onion. Oh, this is the best onion. Like, it's so good. And then you put some salt and pepper on it. You know, you make it a little tastier. Um, but I'm like an onion. It just keeps peeling and peeling. And so the more that you get to know me, you know, um, you know, I'm just, I'm here. I am a Enneagram two, probably with a three, eight wing. Okay. And so I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. Uh, I, I add value to the team by figuring out who you are and what you need help with. And so, and I think I've asked you this before, Pastor Matt, but I'll ask Pastor Lee, I'll ask Pastor Jonathan, uh, Jackie, any of our support staff, hey, how can I serve you today? And I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Um, But in the first impression, you're like, oh, yeah, right. But diving into the onion, you're like, oh, Nathan genuinely wants to serve. Nathan genuinely wants to help Marcelo, I'm still learning names, Marcelo, mm-hmm. uh, move the tables in the chair. I, I, that's how I find my value. That's how I like, um, I get energized. So am I a extrovert or an introvert? Yes. Very cool. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally extroverted. It's like anytime, anytime. And the thing about, so the, here's, here's the thing about ministry. Like, um, my favorite, uh, Pastor Lee asked us a couple days ago when we were in a staff meeting, he's like, what's the you know, what's the part of ministry that, you know, that brings you the most joy. And and for me, it's, it's always going to be those people centric things. You know, I think about there, you know, um, Wednesday night is uh, band practice and choir practice. And we, it's when we do a lot of our midweek music stuff at the church and Wednesday always comes at the end of a very long day, you know, because like my, my last rehearsal starts around eight o'clock and goes sometimes past nine. Um, and so there's days where I'm, I, I'm cruising towards, choir practice and I've been, you know, I've been really grind, grinding the preparation for that like all day long and I've spent a lot of time sitting in front of the computer, spent a lot of time troubleshooting technology, doing all of those things that are like my least favorite thing to do in the entire world. And there's days where I'm like, man, I don't know if I've got it in me to do a choir rehearsal or a band rehearsal, you know, because I'm just exhausted. I want to go home. I want to spend time with my family. I want to take a nap. Um, and then I always get there and I'm always just so glad that I'm so glad I was there. You know, because I find um, spending time with our people so like energizing and life giving. And part of that, I think, is because that's what God's called me to do. And so I feel like when I'm spending time with people, 
Like that's that's the part of ministry that really energizes me. Part of it I also think is my personality is that it, as a people person, I like spending time with people. You know, anytime Jonathan will ask me, may, you know, maybe once a week, Jonathan will be like, hey, you want to get lunch? And the answer is always yes. Yes, I would love to go get lunch. I'd love to spend time. I'd love to talk about uh, the ministry. I love to talk shop. Like mm-hmm. I, one of the things that people find that's kind of funny about me is like, um, so I've only worked in, um, I've worked in education and I've worked in church ministry and I've worked in church ministry for a lot of years now. So I haven't had like a, like a nine to five, like corporate type job, like in a really long time. Yeah. Like you only college. have to work on Sundays, right? That's what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they say anyway. And choir practice occasionally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But like, um, so when people talk about like working at cor- like a corporate job and filling out TPS reports all day or whatever it is that they do for like for like I always I always think that's fascinating. Like just whatever you do for a living, I love to listen to you talk about it. Like I just think it's really interesting. Um but uh in fact, so, you know, I've, I remember one guy talked to me when when I when I was a when I was a young adult and we were on a camping trip and I was just like, oh, tell, so tell me, tell me all about, tell me all about what it's like to like manage an HOA. You know what I mean? Like, like what, cause that's what he did for a living. He's like, you like to talk shop, don't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, and he's like anybody's shop. Like it doesn't just have to be your shop. I'm like, yeah, anybody's shop. So I'm learning not only in ministry, but just in life, there are seasons where I've been a terrible friend <laughs> um, because I always want to talk shop. Uh-huh. And so, like, my friend would invite me to a ball game, and I'm talking church or I'm talking business or whatever. And he's like, dude, let's just talk about the game. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about family. Let's just talk about life. And so I had to learn. And the way that I'm wired is work, work, work 100% 24-7. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to have a hobby. I jokingly tell people working at the church is my hobby. Like... Um, and, and to some extent that's true, but I also need a hobby from a hobby. Right. Right. And so I need to learn how to be a better friend and I've learned so much. I, I, I had a friend that just basically said, Hey, you're a bad friend. Oh, wow. And, and this was someone, uh, that I served on staff with at another church, uh, who today is one of my best friends. Hmm. And I said, what? And he he had that raw onion effect, too. Mm-hmm. Or like it hurts a little bit and it tastes a little bit better once they uh, vomit a little bit. Uh, foot and mouth <laughs> syndrome. And I, I learned, hey, I, I do. I need to focus more on the person. Mm-hmm. I need to listen in the conversations. And it, we don't always need to talk about ministry. We mm-hmm. don't always need to talk shop. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just need to talk about life, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Well, that's a good word. Yeah, that's a really good word. So, speaking of ministry, tell me a little bit about Pastor Appreciation Month. That's we're in the month of October right now. That's when we're recording this episode, and so um, there's a lot of things that happen in October. Um, I become a baseball fan during the month of October. I'm a terrible baseball fan. I'm the abs- like I'm, well, I'm a postseason baseball fan, with the exception of maybe this year. Um, living in Houston, you have to be a baseball <laughs> fan. Like I remember when we moved to this area last year, Amanda uh, was like, "Hey, they said that I can wear jeans at school." She's a teacher. She said they they said I could wear jeans at school if I wear an Astro shirt, 
And so she is diehard Rangers, like, we're still trying to convert her. I told you earlier, uh, before we went on the air, I just, I love sports. Like, I could cheer for the Savannah Bananas, who no one has ever heard of unless they've been on social media in the last decade. Um, but, like, I just like the game. I like the game. But she's pretty loyal to the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I'm glad that I got voted in before that was public knowledge. You know, though, my wife and I, I think maybe the only ball game we've been to was a when we were living in the San Francisco Bay Area, we went to a an Oakland game uh, with a church group, hmm. and they were playing the Raiders, and we were there at the Oakland Coliseum, or they were playing the Rangers, and we were at the Oakland Coliseum, and my wife was cheering for the Rangers the whole time. And the whole time I was like, shh, sweetheart, let me because even like the church group we were with, I'm like, I'm not sure we're going to be welcome here. Yeah. I'm not sure we're going to have a ride home if you don't knock it off with this Texas Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, so you were asking about Pastor Appreciation Month. Yeah. Um, a lot of churches don't even know that that's a thing. I'm glad that our church knows uh, about Pastor Appreciation Month. And right now we're doing some really, really phenomenal stuff to honor not only our ministry leaders, but our pastors across the board. Every week throughout the month of October, we've highlighted a different leader or a different pastor in their respective ministries. For example, first week was our director of children's ministry, Jackie. And so we encouraged our life groups to write a note of encouragement. And I believe last week was Jonathan. And Mm -hmm. Pastor Matt, this week is your week. Oh, man. This week is your week. And so... Uh, I think we have a church member that's written a kind word about you. We had to pay them a little bit extra. Um, but so just setting the example there, communicating, you know, our church will see that on Heights Highlights, mm-hmm. uh, that specific uh, nice kind word that a church member wrote about you. And then I believe I'll be after that. And then Pastor Lee, our senior pastor, trying to acknowledge him. But I, I really want to say, hey, why do we... Why do we appreciate our pastors? Because they only work on Sundays. (laughs) That's what they keep saying. Yeah. And so, but if we pull back the curtain, um, all of us go through a spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Every single disciple of Christ. And I would say, if we are not facing spiritual tension, then there's an issue. Yeah. If the devil's not scared of us, I'm scared of that. Mm -hmm. And so... We want the spiritual dissatisfaction. We want the the spiritual tension between, hey, I know that I'm supposed to be doing this, and I know that there's a spiritual force that is waging war against this direction, especially with all that God's doing at our church. Mm-hmm. Man, um, our, our church, I would say, from a church growth standpoint, has gone through some spiritual warfare. That for sure. There has been some very, very difficult sickness in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some significant losses in our church. Mm-hmm. And every single church member goes through that. Mm-hmm. But our pastors, um, they, they wear that and it keeps them up at night. That's true. Um, they're thinking about that thing at 2 a.m. in the morning. They're thinking about that conversation that they should have had with a church leader or the conversation that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really, really, really this tension 
between doing the will of God and the devil discouraging us through it. Mm. And we know what God's word says. God's word says that the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but that the Lord has come so we may have life and have it abundant. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there are many times in ministry that the devil tries to kill, steal, and destroy our joy and our purpose. But praise God that uh, we have a hope in Christ, and we are running this race of endurance in the call towards Christ and following Him. And so we're able to put on the spiritual armor that we have and every one of our church members have, but sometimes it's nice to just take a breath yeah, and hear the words, thank you. Oh, that's incredible. You know, I feel, so I've been, I've been here at Heights for um, a little more than five years and I have been just so incredibly blessed by our congregation and their kindness and their encouragement and their willingness to serve. Um, I, I've worked, I've worked in other churches before and it was not uncommon, you know, as a, as a, as a worship pastor or as a, as a worship leader to get, to get those emails that would ruin my week. And that, and that happened on more than one occasion. Um, it's, it doesn't take a lot to get discouraged. Um, but I have just been overwhelmed by how encouraging and supportive our congregation has been, you know, and it's just such a, it's such a joy and a blessing when you are able to, to do ministry and are able to see that it's having an impact on people, you know, and when, you know, those, some of those, some of those little conversations, you know, and, and to be honest with you, like I've, I've learned how to do this better myself. Like people will come up to you on a Sunday morning and just say, you know, pastor Matt, that, you know, that song that you, that you sang this week meant a lot to me or, you know, pastor Matt, you know, the, you know, the word that you had for the choir on that day, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And, you know, and so one of the things that I've really tried to train myself to do is when I think of people, I just text them, Hmm. Hey, how's it going? I'm praying for you. You know, and I, so I try as, you know, just, and, and the reason I do that is because I'm plenty busy. I've got lots of stuff going on. And so if I'm thinking about, if I'm, if I'm sitting there at my computer and I'm thinking about a person, if I say, okay, well, I I need to remember to make sure to send that person a a note, you know, or send that person a text or let them know I was thinking about them. I'm like, no, if if I wait until later, that's not going to happen. So usually what I'll do is I'll just stop everything I'm doing real quick. Sometimes it takes 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. pull out my phone just, and just text. Usually it's like somebody on my team that I'm thinking about. And it's just, Hey, I, I was, I was sitting here and I was thinking about you. The Lord brought you to mind. How can I pray for you? You know, and then take a moment and pray for that person. And like, and if that's, and if that's an, an interruption in my workflow, it's the mm-hmm. very best kind of interruption in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And you leading by example, because that text message changes the whole attitude of, of the week for that person that's receiving it. Mm-hmm. Hey, my pastor cares. My pastor 
went out of his way to send a, a message to me, just asking me. He didn't ask me to serve. He didn't ask. He just said, "How are you doing? How is your soul?" Mm-hmm. And wow. Um, and, and what I want to do, Pastor Matt, is I want to encourage our congregation to follow your example in sending those text messages because we do get those text messages or those emails or those letters you've been in ministry for more than five minutes you've gotten a hey please don't sing that song ever again um or or whatever that is right and and sometimes they're in good spirits and sometimes they're not um but that one conversation whether it is meant to harm or not is the same exact conversation that keeps us up at night. Yeah. And so we need a converse we need our friend in ministry um, to text us and encourage us to sort of get us out of that funk. Not only in October, right. but throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, just being a friend because here's here's the thing, Pastor Matt. Our pastors at Heights Baptist Church and at everywhere in Capital C Church, they need to be pastored. Mm, that's a good point. They need friends. Pastoring is probably one of the lowest professions um, as far as morale, friendship. Who, who are you supposed to be friends with? Who are you supposed to be real with? Mm. Everyone that you have a relationship with, you either work with or you minister to. Mm-hmm. And it's, hey, Pastor Matt, can you do this for me? Pastor Matt, can you do this for me? Um, and I'm using you as an example because I'm talking uh, with you right now. But every pastor on our staff gets those conversations. Yeah, that's true. They want us to minister to them, but who ministers to us? And so I hope that being the pastor of administration, that I could begin to pour into our staff and pastor our pastors. And just say, hey, how, how's your family? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about one of the things that has just, one of the things that just really stood out at me, um, since, since, I since, since we've met each other and started to get to know each other is sometimes you'd send me a voice, like a voice memo of you praying for me. And I, I've gotten a couple of those from you and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's, that's real stuff. You know, cause you know, cause, and I, I try to, and I'm, I try to make sure that if, and again, this is because I, I mean, I, I, I tend to be a little, you know, I can get off track and squirrel. If I tell somebody I'm praying for them, <laughs> I stop and do it right then <laughs> because well, I don't want, I don't want to tell somebody I'm praying for them. I don't want to text them that and not do it. Well, so a lot of times I'll take it, I'll take a moment. I'll just stop and I'll pray right then. But I was thinking, so like, there's even a difference between somebody saying, Hey, I'm praying for you. Like kind of in general. Hmm. And then somebody sent sending me a prayer like, oh wow, like this person really took time, you know, to to go before the Lord on my behalf. Like that's that's kind of cool. Absolutely. And in Southern United States, hey, I'll pray for you is sort of like, hey, have a good day. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but if we're going to be authentic, if we're going to be real. If we're going to have genuine relationships as disciples of Christ with one another, I would, again, encourage our congregation to follow your example. And don't just say, hey, I'm going to pray for you this week, but stop what you're doing Mm -hmm. and pray for them there in that moment. 
if they are on your heart, then pray for them throughout the week. Send them that video. Send them that uh, voice. Send them that text message, whatever that is. That's good. That's good. How can I pray for you, Pastor Nathan? Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, I'm trying to learn how to navigate my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So if you've known me for five minutes, you've probably heard me talk about family. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my core values in life is family first. A hundred percent. You want to know why it's my core value? Why? It's not because I'm good at it. It's because I need to be reminded that my family comes first. Mm-hmm. And as we're pastoring churches... And in my case, running a nonprofit, mm-hmm. I'm busy. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I love it. But my first ministry and your first, first ministry, Pastor Lee's first ministry, Pastor Jonathan's first ministry, Jackie's first ministry is to our family. In fact, it's a qualification of being an overseer or a pastor at a church. That's right. Is that they would be able to manage their own family is what we see in First Timothy. And if they're not, then how would they be able to manage the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. How would they be able to manage the church? That's the qualification. I'm paraphrasing there. That's the NRP translation. I won't tell you my middle name, though. Um, but our, our, our family is our first ministry. So to answer your question about how can you pray for me, Pray that I would pastor my family as my first priority. And it is. It is. I need to do better. And I think all of us need to do better. Yeah, definitely. So um, as Pastor Appreciation Month is in full swing, I, I think there's something to be said also about pastors' wives. Oh, that's a good word. Because pastors are lonely. But let's just say that you talk to your wife about a tough conversation that you had at church. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're able to go and you're able to heal and move on, but your your wife is still carrying that burden. Mm-hmm. I think one of the hardest responsibilities in the local church is the pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. And man, um, I, I'll speak for myself here i have a phenomenal pastor's wife phenomenal um and and i know that our other staff around the the table does as well but sometimes because it's so good you can take it for granted Hmm. i I jokingly tell people you know outside of the christian realm just being a good dad growing up i thought hey I needed to be a good dad, so I needed to be home for dinner. Mm-hmm. And so I made it a priority every single night to be home for dinner. Mm-hmm. That was, I'm going to eat dinner at the dinner table with my family. Mm-hmm. But probably two years ago, I realized I was physically present at the dinner table, mm-hmm. but I was not mentally present. Gotcha. And so what I learned to do is between transitioning from being at the office and going home, I read a book. Mm-hmm. I transition my mind. And so I can be in that moment with my family, 
at the dinner table. I'm not just being physically present, but mentally present um, and, and pastoring our families well. That's good. Yeah, I know one of the things that I think, one of the things that I definitely struggle with is um, trying to put the phone down. You know, because it's easy to sort of just keep, it's, it can just, it's, a, it's an endless distraction. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on and you're getting text messages and emails and Slack messages and, you know, there's, there's just, there's just always stuff going on. And so one of the things that I try and, I try and be mindful of, I need to do better. My wife, my wife's going to listen to this podcast and she's going to be like, yeah, you need to do a lot better, Matt, (laughs) you know, flip the phone over, you know, or keep it in the pocket so that it's, so I'm not constantly checking notifications and, and stuff like that, even though, and, and it's. And it's important, especially for me, because, you know, when I when, when we get around the, the dinner table, I always tell the kids, like, put the devices away. Mm-hmm. No, you're not bringing the phone to the table. You're not bringing the laptop to the table. You're not bringing the iPad to the table. You know, we're going to have some we're going to take a break from, you know, screens and we're going to have some family time. Well, then I need to be careful that I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. it can be easy. Again, it can be easy to be physically present and be mentally elsewhere or, or, at, or at the very least mentally distracted or distractible. Part of my weakness and my strength in being a pastor is I am overly transparent. And so I'm going to share something with you that hurts, that most people would never say publicly. My son, when he was three, Elliot, he's now about to turn five. He came home and he drew a picture of our family. And it was very clear that there were four people, but there was this weird object in our family picture. And I know you know where I'm going. It was my cell phone. Uh-huh. What is in the family picture, Elliot? What is that? Oh, that's daddy's cell phone. <laughs> that was when I went and I bought something called a dumb phone online. And till this day, I still use it. I got to show you what it is. Um, but basically I take my SIM card out of my phone and I put it in another phone and I don't have any number saved and, uh, I can't do anything except call and text, Mm -hmm. but I don't know who's texting me and I don't know who's calling me, (laughs) but I can get a hold of if I need to be a help. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm not getting literally thousands of notifications a day. Gotcha. Um, is is sort of my balance on my device and there are times i'll delete social media and i'll delete all my email apps on my phone and all that stuff but the notifications never stop we live in a very very busy distracted world whether you're a pastor or whether you are anywhere else and so is is to, to wrap up our episode pastor matt i would say if you're listening to this some takeaways Please honor your pastors. Mm-hmm. Please encourage them. Please pray for them. But if you're in a season of busyness, rest. Mm-hmm. Find a hobby. Find something where you can pour into yourself so that you would be able to pour into other people. And you asked how you could pray for me. So uh, just just pray that I'd be a, a better pastor, not only to the people of Heights, but to my family. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've I've said before, and I do. I believe first. I believe wholeheartedly that you know bef- before I'm before I'm Pastor Matt, I got to be Pastor Dad. Hmm. And so yeah, I will I will join you in asking for prayers for that. That I would be 
first and foremost, a good pastor to my family and then be a better pastor to the church that I serve. Well, thank you, Pastor Nathan. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And uh, I want to also say thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heights Podcast. At Heights, our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. Uh, We have a campus uh, in Alvin, Texas, which is on the south side of the Houston metro area. And so if you uh, are within driving distance, we would love uh, to see you in person on a Sunday morning. Uh, We have worship service at 1030. We also have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And you can catch uh, you can catch us online. Uh, we live stream to Facebook and to YouTube. And is in addition to creating content like this, where we talk about faith, the culture, and the church, and to help you take the next step on your faith journey. So once again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.